Welcome. You're about to listen to the word of empowerment with Reverend Prosper Asamwa, the senior pastor of Love Sanctuary International. Now, the sermon. I welcome you all to church. Every, every week, I just look forward to Sundays. And when we meet like this, the presence of God is here. He's here to teach us. He's here that we can share fellowship with him and share fellowship with one another. God bless you for coming. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And we are also live on Tadi FM 99.1. All listeners, you are welcome to service with Love Sanctuary. Hallelujah. We welcome you to join us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for another day in your house, another day to share fellowship with one another, but more especially to share fellowship with you and to hear you teach us, to guide us, to show us the way that we may go in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you. This morning, as we hear your word, teach us, show us, comfort us, show us the way that we may know that we are your children, that we'll be confident in our sonship. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together once more, and then you may have your seat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last week, I was talking about our identity in Christ, and today, I want to continue. Our identity in Christ, part two. Hallelujah. How many of us enjoy last Sunday service? Yes, definitely. And then, so we are going to continue it, but today, the subtopic is called to sonship. We have been called to sonship, our identity in Christ. But we have been called to sonship. We have been called to be sons of God. In fact, sonship includes women. Hallelujah. So if you're a woman here, don't think, if I say son, you are included. Amen. Sonship or children. But sonship, that's what the Bible says. But it includes men, it includes women. Straight, let's shoot. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Today, I'm using the... NLT, New Living Translation. It says, even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Jesus from the dead. It is only by God's grace that we have been saved. Hallelujah. It says, we, 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 we were dead in our sins, so we were so sinful that we were dead. Dead means you've been cut off. Dead means you've been separated. We were so sinful in our sins that we've been separated from God. But even within that time, he gave us life when he raised Jesus from the dead. Because Jesus represented all of us on the cross. So all our sins were upon him. Although he was sinless, our sin was, was imputed upon him. So when he died and he rose, he rose from the dead. We rose with him and we rose sinless. Anybody who believes in Jesus is sinless. Hallelujah. This is very difficult for many people to understand. But as I teach you upon the grace of God, I teach you the grace of God and teach you sonship and our identity, you get to know that the real gospel is not for you to, to do good to earn your salvation, but rather to believe in Jesus, what he has done so that you earn your salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It says, God saved us, God saved you by his grace. It's just confirming. He saved you by his grace. Grace is unmerited favor. Favor that you didn't work for. Uh, love, mercy that you didn't work for. Something that was given to you free of charge. It says God saved you by his grace when you believed. So it is all we have to do is to believe. Have you believed? Have you believed? 
then God has saved you by his grace. Hallelujah. And you can't take it, you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Our salvation is not something we can take credit for. That I did this and I got, I'm born again. I'm born again because I did this. No. Our salvation is, is, is a gift. A gift is a gift. It is free. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to pay for it. Once you have to work for it, it's a reward. Hallelujah. I'm just emphasizing the fact that we were born by grace. I'll get to the, 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 the meat itself. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God showed his love, his great love for us, by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So when we're busy sinning, that's when Jesus, God sent Jesus to come and die for us. It's not because we, we started doing good. It's not because we, 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 were, we were righteous. It's not because we were holy. It's not because we, uh, we were working at, at salvation. So God said, no. Whilst we were busy, whilst we were still sinners, whilst we were inside sin, we were sinners because the devil had control over us. He was directing us. He was moving us. We were doing things to suit him, to satisfy him. He said, that whilst we were still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Hallelujah. That's how good God is. He sent, because of his great love for us, he sent Jesus Christ to us in us. He said, for God so loved the world. The love was so much that he gave. When you love, you give. He loved us so much that he gave. It's not because we loved him. That's why he gave Jesus. It's because he loved us. I want you to pay, pay particular attention. I'm going to teach you something that will liberate you and make you free and make you understand your position in Christ so that you can be confident and bold in, in, in your working with Christ as a Christian. Many people call themselves Christians, but they are still struggling to find their feet, struggling to have their identity, struggling to know who they really are. They, 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 we can't place ourselves. We go to church, we go and come, but still, we cannot really place ourselves. We, can't, we don't know our identity. If you don't know our identity, you can be a king's kid, and yet you'll be walking around like a pauper, like a nobody. But you are somebody. Hallelujah. When you read the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20, it is, thou shalt, thou shalt. That's why you see, I've never preached a sermon on the Ten Commandments. Because something better has come. Hallelujah. And many of us, we judge ourselves and judge other people by the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that. But the Ten Commandments say, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. But man was trying to do the thou shalt and not to do the thou shalt not. But at the end of the day, we couldn't. We couldn't. Thou shalt, thou shalt. We couldn't do it. So what happened? At the appropriate time, God sent Jesus to bring the new covenant. And when, when you, you, you read Hebrews chapter 8 from verse 10, the new covenant says, and God, God says, I will. I will do this. I will do this. So our salvation is based on what God has done. Hallelujah. It's not based on what you have done because when we were asked to do, we couldn't do the thou shalt. And we couldn't stop the thou shalt not. We were on it. But the new covenant says, I will. That's the grace of God. The law came by Moses, but grace came with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So let's read what Hebrews chapter 8 says from verse, verse 10 and 12. It says, but this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day says the Lord. 
I will put my laws in their minds. I will write them in their hearts. I will be their God. And they will be my people. So it's that God says, I will, I will, I will. Verse 12 says, I will forgive their weakness, wickedness. I will never remember their sins. Hallelujah. So it is God who, who, who has decided to give us salvation. Why did he decide to give us salvation? Why did he decide to give us salvation? And how? So, how, so where do we fit in? Jesus died for the whole world. He didn't die for Israelites only. He didn't die for the Jews only. They are fighting. He, he, fought, he, fought for, he died for the whole world. In fact, many of them did not even accept him. So Paul was sent to the Gentiles, those who were not Jews, to preach the gospel. And many of these scriptures I'm reading are for us, the Gentiles. It is for us because we also be adopted into the family of God. Hallelujah. There's something called adoption. And understand the adoption during Hebrew time. When you are adopted, you even have even more rights than the son. When you are adopted, you cannot be rejected, but a son can be rejected. Hallelujah. So we have been adopted into the family of God, and we can never be rejected. It says, since I'll never forgive, I'll never forget. Hallelujah. Those who are listening to us on radio, this is Love Sanctuary coming to you live on a Sunday morning. Every Sunday from 9.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. we will be on air. Continue listening. We are talking about the sonship, our sonship in Christ. Our sonship. God has called us sons. We have been called unto sonship. It's part of our series of our identity in Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus spoke about this. And he spoke about this in the parable. He talked about how God loved us in the parable. So this morning, I want us to look at a parable. It's a common parable. It's a popular parable, let me see. And then we, 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 we all know the story. But I'll, I'll take time to read it very fast, and then we'll, we'll pick the lessons I want us to learn from it. It's a parable of the prodigal son. That's what it's called, the parable of the prodigal son. But in reality, it's a parable of the loving father. It's a father who is the main character. It's not a son. The parable of the loving father. Let's read Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to 24. I'm reading for a new living translation. I'll read a bit fast. Because it's a long story. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. Jesus was talking to them about the lost coin that somebody went to find and he was happy, uh, and then the lost sheep and that sort of thing. But to make it further, if you're talking about coin and sheep, people say, I'm not the coin, I'm not the sheep. So he, 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 to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want, to sh- I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. It was a very bad idea. But many of us do that. A few days later, his younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed pigs. Jews and pigs don't, don't meet, but he was feeding pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pots he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. Sometimes we are told that he was eating pig food. Why would he say that? 
he, he, he desired it, but he didn't get it. Even that he didn't get. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy called to be called your son. Please take me as your high servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. You know he has rehearsed what he would say. When we do wrong things and now we, 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 we rehearse. When I go, I'll tell my mother this. I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll turn it this way so that we, we've all been there before. So when my children are doing it to me now, I just laugh. <laughs> I laugh in my head. Then I remember what I did to my father. <laughs> he had rehearsed what he would say. <laughs> he has planned that he thinks that when he says this, then all he wants is that he should be in the house so that he can eat some, some, get some food to eat. Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get the ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead. And he has now returned to life. He was lost. But now he is found. So the party began. Let the party begin. Hallelujah. Um, this is a story Jesus told to explain how important it is for people to get born again. How heavy, heavy rejoices when somebody gets born again. When, how heavy rejoices when a lost sheep is found. That is how important it is for God when you got born again. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It is important for heaven. It is a great occasion. It's not an ordinary occasion. That day was a great occasion. And this story is about the father who longed for the boy. Many of us were, went astray. Many of us went far away. Many of us left God. We, 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 we left God. Either we didn't know him or rejected him. Until we got born again. Many of us are not even finding our way back to God. But my, my, my message to you is that God is a loving father. No matter what you did. No matter how irresponsible you were. No matter the wrong you did to him. He's prepared to receive you back. Hallelujah. That is our loving father. Our God is not a father in heaven having a cane or having a book marking the wrongs that we do, looking for errors to punish us. That is not his will. His will is that we will all be saved. We will all come to him through Jesus Christ. So the story that Jesus told was, was to bring to uh, the understanding of those who are listening that God is our father. And no matter what we do and we go, he's prepared to receive us. This son went and lived anyhow against what God wanted him to do, but against what his father would have loved him to do. But when he realized and he came back, as we all realized one day and we, we've come back to Christ, God has received us. Hallelujah. He has received us into his house. Say, his father 
had compassion. Bible says, for God so loved. Compassion is love. Mixed with sympathy and everything. It's lo- a great love. He had compassion. So he, he, he ran. When we were coming to accept Christ, Jesus ran. God ran to receive us. He sent the Holy Spirit to convert us. And he ran to receive us. That is how important we are. The day you got born again, it wasn't an ordinary day. It was a great day. A great day in heaven. A great day for feast. Because Father, the Father himself came to embrace you and received you. And the, the Bible says he kissed him. A kiss is a sign of love. Kiss is a sign of affection. He kissed him. He embraced him. You are embraced by the Father. Hallelujah. I'm talking about our identity in God. Our identity in Christ. You should know your identity. You are not far away and God is far away. And then you are trying to uh, talk to him. You are trying to get his attention. You are trying to, 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 for him to hear you. No. He is, he's embraced you. The day you got, again, you got born again, you were embraced. You were embraced in the beloved. See yourself, God himself embracing you. That's how it is. The love, the, the, the joy that you have. I had a story, I had something last week that somebody embraced another person. And, and the young man is so happy that she embraced me. She embraced me. I'm so happy. I made my day. I'm so happy. She left everybody and came and embraced me. He was happy. Can you imagine God embracing you? He has embraced you before. He's still embracing you. He still loves you. That's your identity. That's who you are. You are not a nobody. Every time you are praying, we are, we are, we are, we are praying like, like poppers hiding behind uh, 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 somebody, a rich man's house and trying to get attention to get some small crumbs. The picture we have in our head is God being far away and we are trying to... to no! No! The day you got born again, you got received into the beloved. Hallelujah. No matter what you've done, no matter what you do, God will take you back. In fact, he has taken you back. But you must know. If I love you and I, I take you as my son and you don't know, you'll still be walking around struggling. Instead of coming to me to have a chat with me for us to, to fellowship, you'll be roaming about with useless people and suffering and struggling, begging those you shouldn't beg and uh, going through pain that you shouldn't go through, you shouldn't go through just because you didn't know uh, or you didn't accept or you didn't know who you are. Our identity, knowing our identity in Christ is very, very important. It's crucial to our, our Christian life. We need boldness, and the boldness comes with our identity. Have you seen rich men's kids? When we went to Sunday school, some of us came from very poor backgrounds, average backgrounds and things, and we didn't have confidence. And these guys came from some boarding schools and, and with rich family names and things like that. When you hear the name, you shiver. When they vacate, they go to London to their uncles for vacation. They go to their senior brothers in, in the U.S. They travel. Some of us, when we go, when we vacate, I go to Lume. It's a village in the water region. <laughs> they had confidence because they knew their identity. They knew who their father was. They knew the family they came out from. They had confidence. But we didn't have confidence because of... <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's important we know our identity. Last week I said it, but I'm repeating. We must know our identity. Your identity gives you the boldness. It gives you the confidence to walk. To walk in Christ. To, 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 to depend on him. And not to depend on somebody. Whether it's a, a prophet or whatever. You don't depend on them. 
You learn from them. They guide you. They lead you. But you don't depend on them. They are not your God. Because the, the Father himself has embraced you. He loves you. Hallelujah. So he, he said, listen. Then the boy was, the young man was saying, ah, Father, I don't qualify to be your son. Because of what I've done, I've sinned against you and against heaven. So please just make me a servant. All he wants is some food to eat. Say, make me a servant in your house. But do you know, if you read the scripture, you see that God, the father did not respond to him. He didn't answer him. I mean, so some of the prayers that we pray, oh, Lord, forgive me. Oh, I don't, I'm not worthy. Oh, uh, uh, what are the songs you sing? There are some songs you that uh, support uh, that kind of mentality. And we sing those songs. They are mostly in, in tree. We sing them, uh, and then, more bro, more bro, bro, that sort of thing. When we see, the father didn't respond. Those songs and those prayers, the father doesn't respond to them. I announce to you. He doesn't respond. Because the father, let's go back to the scripture. He said, his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants. He didn't talk to the boy. He had embraced him and kissed him. That's okay. He was dirty. He was smelling. He was barefooted. But he kissed him. No matter how dirty you think you are, the Lord loves you and he, he's embraced, has embraced you and he has kissed you. Hallelujah. So he said, he said, he said, he said bring the finest robe and put it on him. Bring the finest robe and put it on him. This is a boy who has taken half of his father's properties. Sold them and put it in, in his pockets on his uh, credit card or debit card and traveled. He went to enjoy, messed up everything. And he came back thinking he was not worthy, like many of us think. But the father said that, come on, servants, go bring the best robe, the finest robe in the house and put it on him. The finest robe definitely could belong to his father. The finest robe could not belong to anybody else. The father owns the finest robe. So he says, go and bring it and put it on my son. God has put a new robe on you. A robe of righteousness. Hallelujah. And what is the, the robe means that he has been restored. He has been restored. He has been received. And he's no more a servant. Because that robe that he was brought, the servants in the house don't wear it. When you got born again, when you came, you are restored. God, God loves you so much. He's put a new robe on you. And that robe is a robe of righteousness. Your righteousness is not you. You are wearing some dirty clothes. But he was given a new robe. And the robe means that he, was, he had complete approval of the father. He didn't approve what he did, but he approved him as a son. Sometimes we, we, when we are dealing with our, our children, we are dealing with people, we must always separate the action from the person. God didn't approve, the father didn't approve of his action, but he took him back as a son. The person is separate. The action to, if we want to look at the actions of people, we we'll reject everybody. But the father, the father, is the Father. Hallelujah. The Father is God. Sometimes when, you, when we hear such sermons, we expect that when you come and offend me and betray me and, and, and do bad things against me as a man, I should also take you back and put a new robe on you. I'm a man, no? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll forgive you. I'll, I'll forgive you. When you, are, when, when you are hungry, I'll feed you like I'm supposed to do my enemies. I'll pray for you. But you get close because <laughs> I fear. <laughs> Hallelujah. But God knows our hearts. When you really repent, he knows your heart. So he can take you back. He can restore you. Say, I've been restored in the beloved. The Lord has kissed me. He has embraced me. God loves me. He approves of me. 
And the new robe means that he, he loves him. And then he, it means he has given, he has had mercy on him. He, what he did deserves judgment. He deserves punishment. But God had had mercy. That is God for you. That's he who we have come to. We came to God. We came to the Father. So our salvation is not in ourselves. Our salvation is not what we did. Our salvation is what God, what Jesus did for us. And the love of God for us. And you know, this is covenantal. Some time ago, I taught on how to cut a covenant. When the, in those days, you see, this thing was written to them in those days. But it was for us. In those days, you must understand their culture to understand some of the things that the Bible said. Covenant. When you are cutting a covenant, one of the things that they do is to exchange clothes. I give you my clothes. You give me your, 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 my dress, whatever the gown that they wear. You exchange to mean that me and you, we are in covenant. We are one. I will never leave you. And that's what the father did. He gave him his shirt. He didn't like his own. His own was tattered and sinless, was sinful and dirty. But he gave him his clothes as a sign of the covenant. So God has a covenant with us that he will never leave us. Anytime he sees us, he sees the robe that he has given us. The robe of righteousness. Hallelujah. This is the good news. This is what's called the gospel. The gospel is not condemnation. It's not judgment. Stop judging yourself and stop judging other people. See what God has done for them. Hallelujah. He told the, the servants, get a ring for his finger. Get a ring for his finger. A ring is a sign of great affection. When I decided to marry, I gave my wife a beautiful ring. Before, even before the marriage, I gave, it's a sign of affection. I said, take, I love you, I want to marry you. Hallelujah. <laughs> we are still on Tardy, live on Tardy FM, 91.1. If you are listening, you are listening to Love Sanctuary, Sunday service live. God bless you. Keep tuning. Don't move your dial. Hallelujah. So a ring is a, is, is, is a sign of great affection. So he gave him a ring. He said they should bring it, put a ring on his finger. In those days, families have rings. Special, every family has a special ring. And when you wear that ring, it's a symbol that you are a son of the family. You are here in the family. You, you, you are a member of the family. The servants don't wear those rings. And many of us see ourselves as servants and, and, and slaves and, and outsiders. You are not outsiders. You, you belong to. You are members of the family because you wear the ring. The father gave him a ring. And the ring is a symbol of authority. I'll give you a, few, a couple of scriptures to show you. It's a symbol of authority. When you wear, wear a ring, uh, what do you call him? Uh, uh, Joseph was given a ring by Pharaoh. Okay. He was given a ring by Pharaoh in Genesis 41, 42. He says he gave him a ring. And so that he, he, he became, he gave him authority. With that ring, anybody seeing that ring know that, that this man is in authority. He, the father gave the son a ring to show that he was in authority. God has given you a ring, a sign of authority. And that sign of authority is the Holy Spirit that he gave to you. The Holy Spirit is inside you so that you have authority over demons, you have authority over powers in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You have authority. You're not just a son, just walking around. You have authority, you have power, you have authority to rule, to take control, to command things to change. And wear a ring. It shows dignity. And wear a beautiful ring. Anybody sees you, knows that you're a person of dignity. Hallelujah. Where's a ring? Father gave him a ring. You have a ring. It means that God sees you as a person of dignity. You are his son. You are his child. You are the king's child. The creator of the heaven and earth, Jehovah. You are his child. 
That's your identity. And a, a ring, a, a, a good ring, gold ring, or any expensive jewel, it's a sign of wealth. You are not poor, you are not a pauper. The creator of the heaven and earth and everything therein is your father. And he has given you a ring that shows that you have authority. It means that he loves you greatly and that you have dignity and you are not poor. You are wealthy. Hallelujah. So Jesus was explaining to the, telling this story. And this are the, are the, is what he was trying to tell them. They understand. They understand. When they said he put a robe on me, they know how important it is for a rich man to put a robe on you. He has accepted you. He loves you. He, he, he has taken you. And he put a ring on your finger. That's authority. And also in the book of Esther, when Haman did all that he, he, he wanted to do and failed, when the time came, the king called Mordecai in Esther chapter 8 verse 2. He said, and the king took off his signet ring, which he had taken back from Naaman, Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. Hallelujah. The king took the ring. He gave the ring to, to Haman, the bad man. Anybody who is against you, may his ring be taken and given back to you. Anybody who is undermining you and pulling you down, may his ring be taken and given back to you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It is something, it's spiritual. What we are saying is not just natural stories. It's spiritual things I'm talking about. Because when you go born again, nobody saw you wearing any robe. By the spirit, you are wearing a robe. In the spirit, you have a ring on your finger. A sign. You have been sealed. With the ring, you seal things. With the ring, when you write a letter, you put the, the seal on it. And it means that it's from you. That there's power. That's the Holy Spirit. You are sealed in the Holy Spirit. And you have the Holy Spirit to seal to, to command things to happen. That's the authority. You have ring. You have a ring. You were given a ring when you got born again. Hallelujah. And I said, put sandals on his feet. But he was barefooted. And in those times, it's servants and slaves who go around barefooted. Sons don't go around barefooted. It's the son of a rich man. He said, bring sandals. Bring sandals and put it on his feet. So the guy was transformed completely. And all these things show that he has been adopted. He has been taken back as a son. When you got born again, you were taken back as a son, not as a slave. Not as an outsider. You are taken back into God's family. He took us into his family. He adopted us into his family as children. And sealed us with the Holy Spirit. So we are children. Know that you are a child of God. It's not a theoretical thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's a reality. That is where I get my confidence from. That I'm a child of God. In the spirit realm, nothing can happen to me because God is in control. He looks after me. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. And you must know, if you are not of this world, which world are you in? You are, you, you are in heaven, the, 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 the spiritual realm. You are in God's kingdom. And in God's kingdom, you are a child. You are a citizen of God's kingdom. And you are a child of God. So wearing the sandal is a proof that he's a son. Immediately, he became different from the slaves. He came and said, I don't qualify. Just make me a servant so that I can get some food to eat. But the father gave him a robe, gave him a ring, and gave him sandals. The servant served him. He changed. He was, he was not a slave. May the Lord give you exceedingly, abundantly above what you think or ask for. In the name of Jesus, many of us are thinking of small, small crumbs. We are sons of God. 
We are his sons. We are his sons because he has taken us. First John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. It says, see how much our father loves us. For he calls us his children. And that is what we are. Hallelujah. John sometimes he writes very simple, very straightforward. You can you understand. He says, see how very much our father loves us. For he, he calls us his children. And that is what we are. Tell yourself, I am a child of God. Say it with conviction. I am a child of God. If you belong to some family, be like the Asamoah family, you'll be boasting and say you are Asamoah. Everyone you marry, you want to believe that Asamoah in your name. But I'm telling you that you are a, son, a child of God and you are not confident. Be confident in the spirit realm, you are a child of God. Say, I am a child of God. Child. Our president, can you imagine how his children and even people who are remotely related to him are trying to change their names to Ekufa? <laughs> because they always want to relate to him. You don't change their name, they will always make you know that there's a connection. Yours is not a connection. It's not just a connection, remote connection. You are really a child of God. Hallelujah. See, that's what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. So the people in this world don't, don't recognize that we are God's children. What I'm saying, if somebody doesn't know Christ, you would think that what, what, what is he saying? They don't recognize it because they don't know God. If you know God, you will know that we are his children. Hallelujah. Verse 2 says, dear friends, we are already God's children. He just emphasizes it. But he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. Christ will come. We are his children. When Christ appears, we will not be the same. But we do know that we will be like him. For we will see him as he really is. Hallelujah. Dear friends, we are already God's children. God called us into sonship. God called us not to become, to be slaves. Not, didn't call us to be outside his family. He called us, he didn't call us just to be, to be servants. He called us to be sons. He called us to be children. And so see yourself as a child of God because that's how you can assess the good things of the kingdom. I'll give to my children the good things that I have. I'll not give it to outsiders. So if you see yourself as an outsider, you cannot even appropriate what God has for you. I'll give to my children protection, support, uh, whatever, resources, whatever, advice. I'll talk to them. I'll direct them. I'll show them. That is my rule. I don't go about talking to other people and trying to show them what they do. I talk to my children. That is how, in the family, that's how it works. And that's how God, God wants to talk to us through the Holy Spirit. He wants to guide us through the Holy Spirit. He wants to walk with us. He wants to protect us. He wants, he wants to give to us. He, he, he wants us to, to enjoy him, to sit with him at the table and eat with him. That is why he calls us our sons. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've been blessed this morning. I've been blessed myself. Sometimes when I'm preparing, it's one thing. When I'm preaching, it's another. I've been blessed myself. And thank you, those who, have, those who tune in on Tardy FM. God bless you for tuning in. Every Sunday, we'll come live from 9.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. with our worship, our choir administration, and the word of God. God bless you for tuning in. Hallelujah. Amen. If you've been blessed this morning, put your hands together and celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. As a demonstration, 
as a demonstration of his love for us. Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and said, broke and said, this is my body that's broken for you. Take it. He was sitting with the disciples, was eating with them. You don't eat with strangers. You don't, when you go to a restaurant and there are many tables and there's two people on this table, one person there, you still look for a table that you know you have a relationship. You go to a table with your people. You don't go to sit with strangers. You don't eat with strangers. But Jesus sat with them because they were one family. And he said we should do this in remembrance of him. To remember that he is our, is our senior brother. When we eat, we are eating because we are family. When we eat communion, we are eating communion because we are family. Hallelujah. And this morning we're going to eat the communion as a family, as children, eating with their father. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. For more inspiring messages like this, search for Prosper Asamwa on your podcast. You are also invited to worship with us in person on Sundays at 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. for the love experience. On Tuesdays, be a part of our Destiny Hour service, teeming with testimonies about the power of God from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. You can locate Love Sanctuary at Anaji off the Ntankofu Road, a few meters from the Queen of Peace School. Love Sanctuary International, manifesting the love, wisdom, and the power of God. Victory belongs.